Welcome to the Freedom Fellowship Church Podcast, located in Canyon, Texas. We hope you are encouraged by this message today. Okay, pull out your Bibles or your device and turn to Hebrews 12, I mean Hebrews 10, Hebrews 10. We're in, we're talking about better together. God created us for community. So why are groups so important? Because God created us for community. God himself, he exists in absolute, perfect, glorious community. And he created us in his image. Now, for us, right now, our community, it's not quite so perfect. Yet, but that day is coming. And I hope it comes soon, don't you? But for now, our community, it's not quite so perfect. In fact, I want you to raise your hand if you find that living uh, with other people can sometimes be a challenge. Just raise your hand. Okay. If you find that living alongside the person next to you can sometimes be a challenge, raise your hand. (laughs) Okay. Some of you are a little bit too zealous on that one. (laughs) Okay. Reality is, Uh, The fact that it's messy doesn't mean that God's plan isn't working. In fact, messy means that his plan is working. Because we really are better together. Everyone say better together. Okay, so last week we talked about just the heart of this. And it was called blessed. And Jesus said, if you do these things, you will be blessed. We want to be blessed, right? Right? And so today we're going to look at some of the practical aspects of walking in community together. That takes us into Hebrews 10. All right, Hebrews 10, verse 24. It says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Okay, so obviously the first century church, they were facing some challenges where they were tempted to give up meeting together. Now, we don't know the details for them, but boy, we can relate, can we not? And so the writer of Hebrews spends the first large portion of the book laying this beautiful, amazing foundation of who Jesus is and who the church, the church is intended to be. But he gets towards the end of the letter, and then he writes this challenge. And it's a good, cha- it's a good challenge But it's a bold challenge. And so I'm going to read it again. And I want all of us to have ears to really hear the challenge behind these words. It says this. It says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Okay, some key words we got to get. Anyone like that word, spur? You like that word? Okay, so some of the other versions, they translate that Greek word as let us stir one another up or motivate each other. But can I just say, that's a much better word in the Greek than that. (laughs) Okay, the meaning of the actual Greek word, it is this. It means to provoke, to literally jab someone so they must move, must respond. That sounds like spur to me, doesn't it, to you? (laughs) Okay, we in Texas, we get what spurs are, don't we? (laughs) I mean, it's one of the ways you know the difference between a real cowboy and a cowboy wannabe. (laughs) 
So we were talking about this in our, our leadership training, actually. And then one of our guys, um, who he knows horses, he knows spurs, and uh, he, he made this comment. This is profound. He said, spurs are never given to young or inexperienced cowboys. They only get their spurs once they learn how to use them properly. When they learn how to use it to move the horse forward positively in the right direction at the right pace. Isn't that good? And the writer of Hebrews is telling us, come on, pull out your spurs with one another. Because there's some places that we need to move. Some places where we need to move forward in sync. We need to move forward together. And we need to make sure it's the right direction that, that we're not just sort of just going off in, in lots of wrong directions. And we need to make sure that we're in pace together. So he's, put, he's saying, come on, pull out those spurs. And he says, now spur one another on to what? Well, the first thing is to love. Now, some of you might be able to guess that Greek word is the word agape. Now, the word agape it is always a demonstrated love. It's always a love put into action. We talked about it last week. John 13, Jesus, it says of him, he loved his own to the end. And then he got down and he washed his disciples' feet. That's agape love. And so the, the challenges that are in this scripture right here, you do realize that we can't do these challenges without community. We can't love without community. We can't do what Jesus did without community. And love begins, it begins right here. It begins in brotherhood, sisterhood, family, when we come together and we learn even in the midst of each other's messiness, even in the midst of each other's imperfections, that we still stay in the game together. And we love and we love and we sacrifice and we demonstrate that love right here. See, this is where it begins, but then guess what? Then we get to spur one another on to take it outside the walls. Because we live in a world that they need so desperately, so desperately to know selfless, sacrificial love, right? So the writer's saying, okay, come on, come on. Spur one another on to love. But then it says also to good deeds. I love that word good. Love, love the word good. Does anybody just get tired of the evil the selfishness of society. See, it's against that backdrop that we get this backdrop of evil and darkness that we get to move out in good deeds. And again, the place it begins is in community. Brothers, sisters, family coming together. And sometimes you're the one that has a hard, hard, hard week. Anybody get beat up from the world this week a little bit? A lot? So we come together here and we speak good into one another and we pray good over each other and we do good for each other Whew. and good is good isn't it and so we find it here but then again then we get to go out and just imagine that just imagine an army of people who get it going out into this backdrop of evil, darkness. But we get to go out with the light of good, God's good in each one of us. And we're spurring each other on. Isn't that be a beautiful picture? That's something I want to be a part of. But where does that happen? It begins in community. 
So it says, spur one another on to love and good deeds. But then it says this, don't give up meeting together. Don't give up meeting together. Now, there are some... Uh, now, let me say this up front. I realize I'm preaching to the choir. Has anybody heard that before? Heard that phrase? In other words, I'm talking to the ones you're here. <laughs> and I'm talking to the ones that you're online. You're faithfully joining us every single week. So I, I realize... But there are some who are out there that they hear this phrase, don't give up meeting together, and they hear it either as a suggestion or they see themselves as the exception of, oh, that's good for a lot of other people, but nah, I don't need it. So, but also let me say this, a lot of times we hear this phrase, read this phrase in Hebrews 10, don't give up meeting together, and we apply it only to church attendance. Now, let me say, this is good. But the things that we're being challenged to do in all the rest of these two verses, it really doesn't happen best here on Sunday mornings. Now, don't get me wrong. Do we need this? Do we need this? <laughs> we need it. I mean, there is such a beautiful camaraderie when we come together in worship and in celebration. However, this doesn't bring that depth of community that our souls were made for. And this doesn't empower us to really, really walk out the things that we are being challenged to do by the author of Hebrews. No, we are called to meet together. And see, that's why I think groups are so important around here. Because I really think groups are a fulfillment of this whole phrase. Don't give up meeting together. Because when you get in a group, it is tough. If you've been in a group, you know it's tough. But you also find some really, really, really amazing things there that your soul was made for. And so that's, again, it says don't give up meeting together. And that's why we challenge people. You know, the, the goal is every person plugged in. Every person plugged in. But then it says why. It says don't give up meeting together. It says but encourage one another. Anyone ever get discouraged? The world around us? Boy, if that's your main filter, news and, and stuff going on, whether it's across the street or across the globe, it's pretty easy to get discouraged, isn't it? Or even just the things that are going on in your, in your life. Anyone ever get discouraged? See, sometimes we, we get stuck in that place because we don't surround ourselves with the right people who are going to help us, who are going to reach down and begin to pull us out of that pit. Encouragement, speaking life, speaking hope, speaking good. And that's one of the reasons the author says, he says, don't give up meeting together, but encourage one another. And then did you catch this phrase? And all the more as you see the day, the day approaching. Now, everybody knows what the day is, right? <laughs> It's the day Jesus comes back. And it's the day he returns and, and he raptures us up and we meet him in the clouds. <laughs> Anybody just ready for him to do it even right now? I mean, I really don't have to finish this sermon, do I? <laughs> we could just have groups up in heaven. I'd be fine with that. And I don't know. I don't know if it's going to, it may not happen for 100 years, but I'm going to hope every day. See, there is a the day because there are days, the end days will be evil. 
And I personally believe, and a lot of people believe, that we are in those end times already. And the author says, if you're in the end times, if you find yourself in the end times, then you need community. All the more as you see the day approaching. See, also, um, Paul talks about the end times, what they're going to look like. And he talks about it in 2 Timothy chapter 3. I want to give you a, a picture of this. 2 Timothy 3, verse 1, Paul's writing, and he says this, but mark this. That's quite um, note-taking, isn't it? Mark this. Okay, I need to hear from the Apostle Paul. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. Now, in this passage we're about to read, I think 20 years ago, I used to read it and think, oh, wow, boy, times are going to get really awful some point in the future. I think the future's here. Let's read this list, and you tell me if you agree. Verse 2 says, people will be lovers of themselves. Is that true? Look at social media alone. Lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents. Okay, how in the world did that one make it on this list? But I want you to think, there is such a rebellion and a defiance in our society now. I mean, do you realize that in certain states and in certain school districts, that there are teachers in the classroom that have more rights over kids than the parents do at home? There are certain school districts where their teachers are allowed to teach the kids things and they don't even have to tell the parents that's what they're teaching them. And they're protected by law. Yeah. See, there's such this, a rebellion and a defiance. And it's seen as right and it's celebrated. Whew. Next word, ungrateful. We might call that entitled. Unholy. Boy, again, society really does celebrate the unholy. In fact, it has gotten to the point that if you stand for biblical morals, that you really are considered the enemy of progressive society. Verse 3, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. In other words, it's all about me. I am the center of my own universe. (laughs) Having a form of godliness but denying its power. But we see this in the world. You do realize that the popularity of spirituality is actually up. It's just I want to define spirituality my way. And that's what we see in society. Tragically, we see the same in the church. A form of godliness, but denying its power. I think we're in the end times. I think we're in the end times. And Paul calls these the last days. But aren't you glad if we are in the last days that there is a the day that's coming? Because that is our hope, and that is our anchor, and that's what we hold on to as believers. It is not a time to fear. It is not a time to shrink back. It is a time for us to look up and and await uh, his appearing. And so, again, let's return back to Hebrews chapter 10, and let's read these powerful, encouraging words. Because he says this, the writer, he says, Let us spur one another on to love and good deeds. He says, Let us encourage one another And he says, all the more as we see the day, the day approaching. 
In essence, what is he saying? We're better together. We're better together. Ah, isn't that true? Okay, so I'm going to close with a passage that just really hits some practicals. And uh, this is out of Romans chapter 12. But I want us to land there and, uh, and just see. That, again, this is written by Paul. And I want to hear the encouragement of Paul as we wrap up talking about community. Romans 12 verse 9, it says this. It says, love must be sincere. I like that word sincere, don't you? He doesn't say perfect. You know, none of us are perfect. If you plug into a group, when you plug into a group, guess what? You're not going to find a group of perfect people. Get over it. (laughs) But you will find authentic. And that's what we need. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted, devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. See, this is not casual stuff that we're talking about. It's not casual. No, there's a depth. There's a journey that says, I'm with you in this thing. I've got your back. See, we need that. Do we not? That happens in community. Devotion and honor happens in community. It can't happen on a lone island. And then it says this. It says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Your spiritual fire ever try to go out? Anyone? You know, if that's ever happened to you, can I just tell you something? That means you are normal. Every one of us, we find our, ourselves in that place where it feels like our spiritual fire is just sort of waning. Me included. But you know what I find? When I'm in that place, the thing that helps me most is getting around people who are burning for Jesus. Burning for Jesus. Because I spend enough time with them, enough time around them, and guess what happens to my spiritual fire? It begins to light again. It begins to light again. You want, a, you want even right now, are you in a place where you wish your spiritual fire were burning a little hotter? Groups. Okay, be joyful in hope together, patient in affliction together, faithful in prayer. I love this. And yes, that can happen in your prayer closet. But do you know what I find again is what stirs that prayer bug inside of me is I'm with, when I'm with other people who love to pray. I mean, this past year in the small group I was a part of, that's exactly what happened. We had prayed together pretty regularly, but there was this one night especially. We came together and, uh, and, and we just sort of taught, started talking. It wasn't even necessarily on our agenda, but we just realized, man, that each guy was coming at some place of need. You know? And so we just sort of scrapped the agenda for the night and we just went into that place of prayer. And we just prayed over each other. And we prayed the hope of God over each other. We prayed the, prayed the answers of God over each other. We, had, we prayed words from Holy Spirit over each other. And, and in the course, it's like, it really was like Holy Spirit just came and joined us in that place. And we prayed. And even there was one guy there who couldn't be there that night. So we just brought him up on FaceTime right there on the phone in the middle because we knew the reason he couldn't be there because he was really facing a hard time. And do you realize the Holy Spirit even moved through the phone? (laughs) Faithful, faithful in prayer. We need that, don't we? Mm -hmm. 
Verse 13, share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. And yeah, this does mean open your home. But so much more than that, it means open your heart. Open your heart. Now, why is that such a big deal to God for you to open your heart? Because there are those around you who need you. There are those around who need what you have to offer. See, when we don't connect, first of all, we're robbing ourselves. But there's another side of that coin too. Because do you realize you have the mark of God within you? If you've been birthed by Holy Spirit and Jesus lives inside of you, you have that mark of God within And you have a journey in the Lord that is unique to you. And a journey where you can bring things that nobody else can bring but you. So say, do you realize when we don't connect, not only are we missing out, but we are actually denying other people that gift of Jesus in you. We really are better together it's how we were made and I get it we're all busy but we're all gonna be busy right so let's be busy with the right things busy with the things that empower us to answer these scriptures to walk in these scriptures all right community say it again better together all right everybody stand if you will So here's what we're going to do. So leaders, go ahead and make your way to your tables. Even right now, leaders, go ahead and get around and pull your tables out from the wall. And now in just a minute, for everybody else, we're going to pray. And uh, after we pray, you're going to have opportunity, those in the room, you're going to have opportunity to walk around and to visit uh, all the different tables. Now, I know we do have several guests here today. And can I just tell you, I'm so thrilled you're here. And uh, I... I just want to say we welcome you also to go and visit the tables uh, just to get to know some of the people. You're making no commitment whatsoever, especially for our guests, but just go find out more about who we are as a church family. Now, also in room, can you visit more than one table? Absolutely. In fact, I encourage you to, men. We got beef sticks at our table. I, I have, oh, cookies back there. I have no idea. But there are advantages to visiting multiple tables, all right? (laughs) So that'll be in-room. Now, online, as we close, we're going to have a list of all the groups and the keywords, and we're going to leave that up for a while for you so you can talk about it together, pray together, and then you can text that keyword for you to sign up. And uh, But um, I guess that's it. That's all I'm supposed to say now, except... Let's pray. So God, we come and we thank you. God, we thank you for this glorious thing called Trinity, that you exist in this beautiful community called Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And God, we can't even get our our minds around it. We can't comprehend that, but we see the beauty of it. And by faith, we just receive it and accept it. But you love that expression of you so much that you wanted us to know similar expression in community. 
And so, God, thank you for giving us this gift called community. And, God, I pray that you'll just speak to each one of us, our place, our place for this next year. And, God, I just pray. I know that you have already preordained a journey for every single one of us. Lord, there are ones that we need to join uh, hands with, elbows, elbows with, hearts with. Because there are ways that we need them and that they need us. And then there are ways that you want to use us to make a difference in the world around us. God, if we're going to be busy, we want to be busy engaging the things of the kingdom and doing it with each other. And so, Lord, would you just speak to each one of us? And then would you just empower us, most of all, to be the light of Jesus, to uh, to speak the hope of Jesus to each other? God, would you empower us to be the Jesus that this world needs around us? And we want to do it for your glory and for your name. God, that is our commitment. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Check us out on social media or to learn more, you can visit freedomcanyon.com.